It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. On your Thursday episode of Locked On Raptors, the Toronto Raptors take down the Miami Heat 112-104. We will dig into what was probably the best game of OG Ananobi's career, as he was fantastic. We'll also dissect the 21-0 run in the third quarter that turned this game around. We got the good, the bad, and the hmm as well with our pal Jamar Hines from Raptors Republic. It's all coming up today. Thanks for hanging. Oh, because like, when I shot, I expected to make it. So like, I don't shoot kind of this. You are Locked On Raptors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Canada, the NBA title is yours. We're going to the free time of the Hail Mary 3 by Mo Pete. Get that garbage out of here. On. Welcome to episode number 1284 of Locked On Raptors for uh, Thursday. That's what it is. Thursday, November the 17th. I'm your host, Sean Woodley of Post Touches, my new Substack newsletter you can subscribe to with my pinned tweet on Twitter at Woodley Sean. You just go in there, you click there, click through, subscribe, and you are a best friend of mine for the rest of time. You will also be a best friend of mine if you follow the show on Twitter at Locked On Raptors. If you follow, subscribe, rate, and or review on your favorite podcast apps, and if you go to YouTube and hit the big red subscribe button. You are forever in my debt. If uh, or I'm forever in your debt, that's the way that's supposed to go if you go ahead and do that. So thanks in advance for taking the time to support the show. All right, on today's show, the Toronto Raptors at a pretty nice team win over the Miami Heat, 112-104 last night. Injuries on both sides. No Bam or Tyler Hero for the Heat. No Pascal, Gary Trent Jr. Uh, God, who else was out in this game for the Raptors? Everybody, it seemed. Uh, <laughs> Otto Porter Jr. wasn't there. They did get Fred Van Vliet back, which was very nice. And uh, here to break it all down is our pal Jamar Hines from Raptors Republic. Jamar, how are you, my friend? I'm doing pretty good. How are you? I'm great, man. It was uh, it was a fun win last night. Nice to get back like into sort of like good vibes mode, uh, especially mm-hmm. with like Scotty Barnes turning things back around. I know they won earlier this week as well, but uh, this one felt a little bit more, you know, meaningful. It's Kyle Lowry's in town. He's doing annoying things. He's uh, <laughs> it's it's always nice to beat that guy. Um, so let's uh, let's dive in, shall we, to the sort of big takeaway from this game. And I think everyone would agree. It's probably OG Ananobi. And as I said in the cold open, I think this was maybe the best game we've ever seen OG Ananobi play. Uh, just to recap what he did last night. 32 points, 10 boards, 3 assists, 13 of 18 from the field, 5 of 6 from the line. Uh, he had 3 turnovers as well. Had the ball in his hands quite a bit. Played 40 
Three minutes! Holy hell! 43 minutes of very hard, nasty play against a very hard and nasty team to play against. Uh, Jamar, let's just kind of dive in. What were your sort of big pull-away takeaways from OG's performance in this one? He was just a, a delight to watch, wasn't he? Yeah, he was, and I thought he started the game really, really aggressive. First of all, especially with Bam out, Miami's mm -hmm. not a big team. So yep. it gave OG the opportunity to continuously go downhill. And he did that a lot in the first half. Um, he was going downhill a lot. Um, if someone even met him on the way downhill, he was, he was just going through them. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, that was, he, you say he had 32 points. He, it was only on 18 shots. It was extremely efficient. Oh, I think it was like 13 for 18. So yeah. yeah, it was extremely efficient, and he just kept going downhill and finding baskets. And then in the second half, uh, you saw him start to like hit a few jumpers as well. Mm -hmm. uh, Fred made it a point to find OG a few times in the uh, third quarter, especially when he orchestrated the alley oop. Um, and yeah. Then, yeah, which is something we don't really half court alley oops are still an eye opener to me because I mean like we see them in transition, but yeah. half, half court alley oops is. Um, I'm gonna get more to, more on that later. We had three of them. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, OG was one of them, and then he's you know he started making a few jumpers, knocked down a three because you know the OG normally takes more than three threes a game, but everything at the rim was going so well there was just no need for that. Yeah. So yeah, between just I'm there was one possession where uh, Lowry and you know how tough Lowry is to. Uh, score on in the post because he, mm -hmm. he just he just barrels down and you can't move him and og was like one of the few guys that can act, could actually move him in the post i mean he should he's like big size advantage over Lowry, but that's <laughs> been Lowry's whole thing we've seen it for years where you know someone bigger tries to post him up and they can't do it well og did it and yeah it was just uh it was very efficient very just feel like very business like like there yeah. wasn't a lot of playing around it was just like get the ball with a purpose do something so yeah yeah the point you made about sorry jamar the point you made about him getting downhill i think is one that that really stands out right like and he did this himself a few times like he'd just like grab and go coast to coast and then all of a sudden there's a guy in the paint staring down a business decision because og's barreling their way honestly when he gets that head of steam you ever seen Jurassic Park 3 in the runway scene where they got the plane going towards the guy and the guy's like, please stop. And the guy in the plane is the OG in this situation. He's like, you know, I can't stop this plane, man. And it was like, OG is the guy who can't stop the plane. And anyone who's standing in front of him is a psycho. Um, but like, that's, I think, kind of the secret to getting OG going is to kind of get him with a bit of a head of steam, whether it's in the full court or if it's in the half court. And we saw last night, in that third quarter run, which we're going to kind of break down and give everyone their flowers for it. But, you know, there were Will Lou posted the clip of like three straight times they got OG the ball coming around to pin down. And right. like, I think to me, this is kind of the secret sauce for OG so far this season on offense is that he's kind of doing more with less. He's not running like any pick and roll. He's averaging 1.8 pick and rolls run per game. He's averaging 1.1 isos per game. And he's also taking a full one fewer three point or pull up threes per game as well. And those three things you would think are kind of the types of 
shots and possessions that facilitate a breakout. It's if a guy's doing that stuff, it's because he's this, you know, he, he's this offensive engine. He's running pick and rolls. He's getting his number call all the time. Whereas I don't think that's really what's happening with OG. I think they're just getting OG in really advantageous positions. He's, you know, shooting more than four, or sorry, just under four catch and shoot threes a game. Um, you know, that's kind of right in line where he's always been. He is just feasting in transition, as we know. Uh, and he's right now sixth in the league in spot ups per game. Like, they're just getting it to him in spots where he can kind of attack an advantage and not making him have to be the guy who creates the advantage. They've got guys for that. Fred Van Vliet did a wonderful job of that last night, navigating double teams, setting guys up, you know, again, sort of making sure OG was eating when he was in that in the midst of that heater in the third. Scotty Barnes had a much better game. We'll talk about that, I'm sure, today as well. When you have that sort of creation around OG, he's free to just kind of feast on the the what's left over. And usually what's left over is wide open lanes to the basket because of all the attention the other guys draw. So, um, yeah, I, I think it's just been such a great um, adaptation of what OG's done. You know, there was a lot of stuff on the ball last year. The post-ups were pretty routine, um, a little bit more in, in terms of ISOs and whatnot. I feel like they've kind of cut that stuff out, and it's just the stuff he's really good at, and the result is a really, really fantastic and efficient offensive player um, who doesn't really detract anything when he is going in, in your offense because he's just kind of playing within the flow. Um yeah, I, I, we should also talk about his defense, Jamar, because right. not the counting stats you're accustomed to with OG in this one, just one block, no steals, but I kind of think this was like a masterpiece defensively for him. Do you have any thoughts on the way he sort of dictated what was, I, I think, one of the most disciplined defensive games the Raptors have played in quite some time? No, d definitely disciplined, and um, it's funny, well, yeah, it, I think the Raptors did a great job of playing this, the unspectacular defense, if you will, because yeah. when you think Raptors defense, you think, you know, just swarming guys, jumping, passing lanes, Fred digging down for steals, get out in the fast break. I think they only had nine fast break points yesterday. Yeah. And they only had five steals. But Miami had 23 turnovers. That's a ratio that you don't really see. Normally, if mm -hmm. a team has that many turnovers, there's a lot more you know, steal opportunities and stuff like that. But there are a lot of dead ball uh, yeah. turnovers. The, the Raptors played great position defense, and then Miami would just do something dumb. This is a part of them also <laughs> being really sloppy. But, yeah, yeah it just you saw guys just be in people's faces, and then they would travel. Or they yep. would step – or a, a great closeout on the, uh, on the three-point line, and then they would step out of bounds. Or just – you know, forcing a horrible pass out of bounds. Like mm -hmm. Miami had a lot of turnovers like that, and yeah, and yeah, OG OG forced a couple like those. So it wasn't like your typical OG defensive game where you see, oh, he had six steals, five steals, four steals, or something like that. It's just the Raptors just made it tough in that sense, and just made Miami's you know have a lot of unforced uh, errors. And um, Jimmy Butler. He only took eight shots. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And Jimmy Butler has been like a notorious Raptor killer basically his entire career going back to his Bulls days. So, you know, a Jimmy Butler game where he only takes eight shots. That was that was something. Yeah. So Jimmy Butler, I'm glad you brought him up because that is, I think, uh, worth mentioning in the 
lens of OG too. Uh, he's really, really good at guarding Jimmy Butler. And, and look, Jimmy Butler does a pretty good job against OG as well. There was that possession late where it was like a titanic battle with like two mountain monsters fighting one another as, as OG fought to set up that Chris Boucher dunk. That was amazing. But on the other end, man, like, like you said, Butler only took eight shots. On the season so far, this is per the NBA's matchup data, which look, it's not perfect data. It's not, you know, be all end all, but... Three games so far, OG has spent 19 minutes and 23 seconds per NBA tracking on Jimmy Butler this season. 86 possessions. He's 6 of 15 in those possessions. He's got four turnovers to three assists, and the Heat have scored 72 points on those 86 possessions, which I don't know the per 100 prorate that out because I'm bad at math, but it's bad. Uh, Like, OG has been just a monster against Jimmy Butler, and... You know, it's the guy he's guarded more than anybody else so far in the league this year. It's the best sample we have in terms of matchup data for anybody on the Raptors, actually. It's, you know, he's the only guy who's played an opponent three times, which uh, speaks to the, the lack of health for the team. But that's yeah. uh, that number stood out to me. It's just he, when you kind of cut off the offense at the head with, with Jimmy Butler, and you don't have Tyler Hero or Bam Adebayo to kind of compliment too, it, it gets real tricky. And, and look, Kyle Lowry did his darndest, but... OG was just all-encompassing last night, man. He was awesome. But back to the offense point, just one thing. This, I'm going to do dumb guy coach thing. Uh, just like, let's drop a play for OG. Okay. Back to the point of like him getting downhill. Um, do you think there's like a world in which they could run like CFL style wide receiver motion plays for OG just to like have him scream out of the backcourt, catch a pitch and just go in and fly to the basket? Like, I feel like it's weird. It's unorthodox, but like Nick Nurse (laughs) has done football inspired stuff before. Um, why, why can't this be a thing they do? I know the Celtics have done this with like Jason Tatum and crunch time as like as recently as this season as well. Like just get the dude ahead of steam. He seems like he's kind of impossible to stay in front of or like even have the guts to stay in front of when he's got that head of steam going just food for thought um you know let's incorporate some uh, dave dickinson concepts into <laughs> what the raptors are doing um we're gonna I'm continue cool on your jamar cool yeah go sorry I'm go cool ahead that sorry no yeah. i'm cool with that as long as he's not drawing those offensive fouls yeah that doing, might which be because he wasn't doing that yesterday but sometimes yeah. he has a tendency to like barrel people over and draw for sure it was nice. The refs seemed to be giving him the benefit of the doubt yesterday and like accepting, mm-hmm. oh yeah, he's just stronger than everybody, which is not always the benefit of the doubt that he gets. But he was stronger than everybody on the Heat yesterday. That's for damn sure. Um, we're going to continue on here, Jamar. We're going to break down and dissect the 21-0 run that led the Raptors past the Heat in this one and kind of put them ahead for good. We'll get to that in just one sec. But first, I have to tell you about BetterHelp. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. Unfortunately, life doesn't come with a user manual, so when it's not working for you, it's normal to feel stuck. Navigating any of life's challenges can make you feel unsure, whether it's a career change, a new relationship, or becoming a parent. Therapists are trained to help you figure out the cause of challenging emotions and learn productive coping skills, which makes therapy the closest thing to a guided tour of the complex engine called you. BetterHelp has connected over 3 million people with licensed therapists. It's convenient and accessible anywhere. It's all 100% online. I'm someone who has kind of been resistant to the idea of therapy, but I am very much coming around on considering it. It's, it's November. It's dark. It's sad times. Things are horrible in the world. And you sometimes you just got to have someone to talk to. And BetterHelp is there to provide that. As the world's largest therapy service, BetterHelp has matched 3 million people with professionally licensed and vetted therapists available 100% online. Plus, it's affordable. Just fill out a brief questionnaire. 
to match with a therapist. If things aren't clicking, you can easily switch to a new therapist anytime. It couldn't be simpler. No waiting rooms, no traffic, no endless searching for the right therapist. Learn more and save 10% of your first month at betterhelp.com slash locked on NBA. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash locked on NBA. This is Jake from Locked On. Locked On has teamed up with State Farm to spotlight some of the greatest supporting players in NBA history. After beating the Heat led by LeBron James and Dwayne Wade in 2011, Dirk Nowitzki won an NBA title and proved himself to be one of the greatest basketball players of all time. But there was one player in the starting lineup for the last three games of the finals that helped support Dirk all the way to a championship, J.J. Barea. Led by J.J. and Jason Terry, the Mavs' second unit proved to be the strength throughout the playoffs, where they led the NBA in bench scoring. But for games 4, 5, and 6 in the NBA Finals, Mavs coach Rick Carlisle inserted Berea into the starting five to help the Mavs space the floor and put more playmaking around Dirk. J.J. Berea had a knack for running the pick-and-roll with Dirk that helped the Mavs score more efficiently on their run to a title. Dirk Nowitzki couldn't score the way he did if he didn't have much-needed support from someone like J.J. Berea. Sometimes, you and I need that kind of support, too. Think of State Farm like a pivotal team player. When you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember the jingle and just say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. All right, we continue on here. Your first listen of the day with Jamar Hines of Raptors Republic. The 21-0 run. Uh, the Raptors just kind of turned this on in the third quarter. It was 70-59 to for the Heat. It seemed like maybe the Heat were kind of pulling away a little bit. And then a Scotty Barnes sort of drive turn floater gets them up to 70 to 61. And then we're all off and running from there. And the Heat go, I don't know the exact number now that I, I, that I it's like, it was over half of the quarter, over six minutes without a bucket for the Miami Heat. Turnovers, missed shots, incredible defensive rotations and discipline for the Raptors, as we kind of alluded to. Um, we should just give the whole team flowers for this run, I suppose, Jamar. Where do you want to start? Yeah, it was seven minutes and 12 seconds exactly. Good Lord. See, this is why we get the recap man on the podcast. You have the details down. (laughs) Yes, seven minutes and 12 seconds, 13 consecutive stops by the Raptors, which Nick Nurse mentioned multiple times after the game. (laughs) Was he like, uh, was he, (laughs) never mind. I'm not going to make the Alvin Williams joke again. Carry on. (laughs) I'm going to get to Alvin. So we are going to get to that. But, um, (laughs) um, yeah, so seven minutes and 12 seconds, 13 straight stops. Uh, I want to give – I want to echo credit that Nurse gave after the game to a guy that hasn't really gotten much of any credit this season. Well, he hasn't Mm. warranted it, really. But I thought Juancho Hernan Gomez did a good job defensively. Um, yeah. Even in the first half, he was getting a couple of deflections that le- that led to one of the Raptors' uh, rare steals in this game. But Wancho, when I mentioned about playing position defense, he was one of the guys that was really doing that. And Nurse said he's a guy that, you know, he, you know, sometimes, you know, staying in front of like someone one-on-one is a, is a little bit of an adventure, but he's really good at closing out on shooters. And that's what basically he was doing that a lot. He was just he was chasing guys down at the three point line, and that was partially what led to Miami doing dumb things when you know they caught the ball there and they didn't really have a plan B a team, especially like Caleb Martin. And good for him because he kind of deserved that. But yeah, he, he had a tendency of like I don't know how many turnovers he had, but is more than he should have as as a role player. Where oh, yeah. It felt like every time he caught the ball with no plan, he was doing something that resulted in a turnover. Yeah. And then 
So yeah, that, that would be my first set of flowers. And then secondly, Fred was amazing in that third quarter. When you look at the full stat line where I think he like shot what, seven for 21? Yeah. Uh, that doesn't really tell the story. The third quarter, he was four for eight. He had 13 points. He had four assists. And he was just orchestrating everything, whether it be for himself or for OG. And he had a beauty of a pass to Scotty Barnes, one of those like jump bounce passes to Scotty Barnes mm-hmm. uh, for, for a dunk. And it, it, yeah, he was just in full control. And he had said after the game, because obviously he just missed uh, a couple games of, you know, non-COVID, like illness. And, you know, he said it's been a couple years since he's, you know, he's felt that sick because they were so used to wearing masks and stuff. And he right. said that, you know, he had to kind of get himself in the game because his words, he, he still feels like shit. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So, I, you know, the, the one quarter where, you know, Fred was just doing everything offensively and that's all we needed. It went from uh, 70, 59 to what, 80 to 70. So yeah, yep. yeah, yep. that 21 old run Fred offensively had his uh, uh, um, handprints all over it. So uh, yeah, those offensively defensively, I think I get like give, those guys the most credit, especially Wancho, because I mean, when you think of Raptors defense, you know, we always been we've been pushing the OG defensive player of the year, defensive team, you know, thing. We've been talking about Fred a lot, but yeah, when a guy like Wancho plays twenty three minutes and he was uh, he was a uh, he uh, his plus minus was seventeen and that led yeah. the team. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, he was doing a lot. He was doing a lot of things right. He didn't score in the game. He didn't. No. I mean, he missed. I think he had some open looks from three and he missed all of them. But yeah, it's one of those games where you can't look at the box score. It's like the Reggie Evans special, you know? Yeah. So, so yeah, I give him a, I give him a lot of credit for yesterday and nurse did too. Yeah. It wasn't any dissimilar to what the Thad young game was against the Rockets last week, right? Where he had like zero points, eight boards, zero assists or something like that. But he was right. like super effective. Um, yeah. Wancho, I think definitely deserves some flowers. I mean, that game turned when Delano Banton subs out after missing, I think his sixth, uh, his fifth missed three of the night on six attempts. And I liked all the shots he took. Yeah, yeah for sure. It's just, you know, you just can't assume that Delano Banton's a good three point shooter just yet because he's had right. a good week. Like, and he, you know, the, it seemed like they were kind of funneling stuff towards Banton in that stretch. The heat defense was, and it, it wasn't working out. And it seemed like they were kind of losing the rope a little. They make the sub, Wancho comes in, and the run ignites essentially immediately. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's not just the defense from Hernan Gomez, like the, the closeouts and the sort of discipline. It's also, I think, like the rebounding from him is super essential. He's been really good on that side of things, too. Just like comes in and picks up four boards. Uh, he had six boards in his last game as well. It'd be nice if he could knock down the threes at like a bit of a higher clip. I mean, he's at 40% on 1.3 attempts so far this year. Um, I feel like I haven't seen him make a three this year, but, uh, you know, know, that's something he's been, he's a 35% career shooter. So I'm sure they will fall at some point. And if they are, I mean, there's a totally reasonable deep rotation player sitting right there. And they desperately needed anybody last night to kind of pair with the Barnes, uh, OG, Thad, and, and Fred Quartet. Um, you mentioned Fred as well. Like the passing from him in this game was ludicrous. He had the lob to Christian Coloco, the no look lob, it should be said. He had the lob to OG a little later on. He had that pass to Scotty where he kind of evaded the double team, split it, and then sort of, I think it was another no, no look down to the block with Scotty in the dunker spot. And then late in the game, he got double teamed, kind of triple teamed, honestly. 
I don't know how he found a, an avenue for this path or for this pass, considering he's six feet tall. But he got it to Scotty, who kind of seeped into space on the right block, and he went up and scored. You know, just really, really incredible playmaking and dodging the double teams, evading pressure for Fred, and you know, uh, his three turnovers. That 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 to me is kind of insane, considering the amount of attention he was seeing last night. Um, so credit to him there, and buddy. The fad young Fred Van Vliet pick and roll you didn't know you needed. Uh, <laughs> just uh, what, what were your thoughts on Fad in this in this stretch as well? Uh, I um, thought he was um, he was a delight to watch. Yeah, Fad was amazing. And Fred said after the game that you know if he was to show a a like a young player like a fresh young player how to you know how to play in the NBA, you just you know yeah. just watch that. What watch what he does. Um, just in all facets, because uh, uh, again, Miami being small and that already being a good offensive rebounder, yeah, he just went nuts on them. I think he had five. I think he had more offensive boards than Miami's entire team. He did. Miami so, had four. He had five. Exactly. So <laughs> Miami had twenty-three rebounds in this entire game. That is wow. crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they're they're super small. They're not a big yeah. team. Even with Bam, nope. they're not a big team, right? Yeah. So, um, yeah. Uh, he was crucial down the stretch, especially because he got he kept numerous possessions alive, and he's been doing this. And um, I don't know how many points that it had. I mean, I don't think it was a high point total for him either. Twelve on six of nine shooting. Oh, okay. So yeah. I didn't know he was in double digits. Yeah. Well, yeah. Though the offensive rebounds were huge because you know there was a few possessions where you know things were bogged down for the Raptors. And there is that one possession where they just kept getting offensive board after offensive board. They were throwing up. I don't know what the hell they were throwing up, but it was like, yeah. I think it was 102, 100 with around like three minutes left. And they just kept yeah. getting second chance after second chance. And then eventually OG finally finished off the, the play with his own offensive rebound one more. I think Fred got blocked on the three. Yeah. But yeah, Thad was extremely uh, crucial grabbing those boards especially and it's just great to see someone who just what a couple weeks ago we were talking about you know all these dmp cds and Mm -hmm. how you know i thought he was gonna have more of a role and he thought he was gonna have more of a role and he talked about it a little bit but he stayed professional and you know now a bunch of guys are out and he's needed to start at center yeah And, (laughs) and he's he's been doing it quite well so yeah big shout out to fed I mean, it turns out uh, when you play Thad Young at small ball five, good things happen. That was the reason why he was so bloody good for the Bulls a couple of years ago. Basically a six man of the year candidate. He was a small ball five and he was incredible because he does center things. He can roll. He, his screens are extremely useful. It's not just like a, a screen for show. Like he's actually getting his guard separation. And, you know, it would be nice if he could kind of go up with one of these finishes as opposed to just doing like the lefty flip shots. But also the lefty he's flip a, shots are extremely right. beautiful to watch. So <laughs> you, if you if you want that to go up and finish, you're, talk, you're talking about a young spry Philadelphia 76ers dad young. Yeah, this dad he, might young, have, nah. <laughs> he might have one dunk in him per like uh, per yeah, quarter well, uh, of like I, not, not not of the game, like of the year. Like uh, he'll have a quarterly dunk. dunk. That's a good question. We'll have I, to look I, that up. 
I'm gonna I'm gonna look that up during the next break. Right? Yeah, you please yeah. do that because I have to read it. I'll do an ad read, and then while you while I do that, you uh, look up what Thad Young has done dunk wise, and we will come back on the other side with that right. information. We'll also have the good, the bad, and the hmm for you on the other side as well. We'll get to that in just one sec. But first, gotta tell you about our friends over at Sweatblock, which is a company designed for Sean. I am a person who is sweaty. I it sucks. It's it's a really difficult thing. Grad pictures, my wedding. I brought three shirts to my wedding just in case I sweat through all of them. That's how bad it is for me. And so Sweatblock is a perfect company for me. Sweatblock wipes were invented by a doctor and they're guaranteed to work or you don't pay. They call it the Sweatblock dry shirt guarantee for a reason. If Sweatblock doesn't keep you dry, you get your money back. If you or someone you love is experiencing embarrassing sweat or odor, you got to try Sweatblock. It's very simple. You try the little wipes out the night before you go or before you go to bed at night. Wipe down your your areas where you sweat a whole lot, and then you wake up in the morning and you're dry as a bone, baby, and that can last for up to 7 days. It is a really, really fantastic wonder product. I cannot recommend it enough. I am a Sweatblock user. I have it in my drawer and it has helped me big time. So go and check them out. It is uh, sweatblock.com, the place to go. Use the promo code LOCKEDON to save 20%. Also available on Amazon. It's sweatblock.com. Promo code LOCKEDON. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, we continue on here with your first listen of the day, rounding out with the good, the bad, and the hmm from the win over the Miami Heat. But first, Jamar, how many times has Thad Young dunked since he became a Raptor? So he dunked four times last wow. season. He wow. has not dunked so far this season. I don't remember. Yeah, that checks out. Before. I don't remember any of the four dunks. So. <laughs> All right, but. According to Basketball Reference, he has dunked four. He dunked four times last year. So there you I'm go. happy, happy for him that he's able to pull that off. I would like to see. We're gonna have to have like a celebration if there's another Thad dunk this season. Uh, I will remember it when I see it this time. Hell yeah! All right, we're gonna get into the good, the bad, and the hmm. The way we close out all of our game recap shows here at Locked On Raptors headquarters. Uh, the good, Jamar. What you got for your good from the win over the Heat? Well, in my typical fashion, I have two. Okay. Uh, number one, we haven't talked about, we haven't really talked about Scotty yet. And he's mine, Scottie. so it's perfect. Go okay. ahead. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, Scotty, good bounce back game. Um, you know, nineteen points, six boards, six assists. He started the game shooting a couple of those mid range jumpers that you know sometimes you like, sometimes you don't. It depends on the result, and the result mm-hmm. was good. They were going in, and they kind of sparked his whole night. Like mm-hmm. they kind of set the tone, and then he was able to do other things as well. The energy was there. Um, Because sometimes, you know, he's kind of been in and out regarding that. Um, And it's just, you know, it's just something he needed for, you know, positive reinforcement. Because, you know, uh, I talk about Raptors Twitter from time to time. And, Mm -hmm. you know, Fred Fred was the enemy a couple of weeks ago the last time I was here. And then that kind of shifted to Scotty during this little uh, uh, sophomore slump, if you will. A fickle bunch, Raptors Twitter. (laughs) It's always it's never boring though I'll tell you that it's never boring so you know I just mm-hmm. wanted to give Scotty a little bit of a shout out for that and then my other good which I referred to earlier it's hilarious and 
he, you know, he changed the game a little bit without really doing anything to change the game. It just from a vibes perspective, it changed the game because, you know, things were kind of dragging a little bit. And it's 70-61, and uh, Jovich throws a ball out of bounds. And Alvin Williams is just a funny dude, man. I, I You know, <laughs> the second year, and honestly, he's a funny guy. He's great. Yeah. So yeah. I, I wish I could play the clip, but, you know, these uh, crappy uh, – uh, the speakers I'm using. So basically, I think we got copyright issues to worry about. I don't want to get mad about using things without express written consent, etc. Oh yeah, that's but, true. Uh, that's true. Yeah, I forgot um, about that that whole aspect. <laughs> but yeah, throws the ball out of bounds, and then Matt Devlin, you know, it's like, it's like two hands, two hands, because Matt Devlin got it from. It's like yeah, two hands, Alvin, two hands, and he's like yeah, uh, my other hand was doing something else, and it's like. <laughs> Even Matt Devlin was taken aback. He's like, what? And then it's like, oh, yeah, my knee, my knee, yeah, my knees, you know, he needs new knees, something like that. You know, obviously, you know, everybody knows Alvin's like, career was derailed by knee, by knee issues and cartilage mm-hmm. and whatnot. But it's just like, yo, if you just post that clip without no context, just like the four seconds where it's like, yeah, my, my hand was doing something else. Like, Whoa. Oh. It's exceptionally horny in a league that this week has revealed a jersey that has CLT on the front. uh, This was hornier. Uh. (laughs) But no, I give him my shout out because Alvin just has been fun from a vibes perspective. It feels like he says something every game that's just that you know just cracks you up. Or yeah. he's, whether he's like, where whether he's cracking on Kyle or Demar or something like that, and it's oh, just yeah. fun to see him in the second year. He's you know he's a little bit more comfortable on these Raptors broadcasts, and it's just no, he's just he's just naturally a funny guy. He tells some funny stories, and he he had some great calls yesterday, especially during OG. Um, you know he pretty he called that pin down for OG yep. to go for the alley oop. So yep. yeah, I, I I give Alvin Williams my good because you know the game was kind of dragging and and then he kind of snapped my head back to the attention because I was like, what the hell did you just say? And everybody caught it. It went viral right away. So you know, Alvin Williams, you know, not intentionally, but you got my good because you're just you just made me laugh. I'm just gonna not make a comment about snapping the head to attention and push on through. Uh, Scotty Barnes. Oh uh... my god. <laughs> oh lord. Uh, yeah, Scotty Barnes was my good as well. Uh, he, he was. It was really nice to see him look comfortable. Look nice to see him like kind of realize he had size advantages over a few of these guys and was able to bully them. Um, and, and like just looked. He plays so well off of Fred too, right? Like he he just like seeps into that space. He he just kind of knows exactly where to go. It's the same thing he does around Pascal too, where he always knows where to position himself to be the benefactor of the gravity of Pascal. Um, and it was nice to see him kind of get back to his just really smart ways. Nineteen six and six, love to see it. Let's get to the uh, bad from this game. Not a ton of bad, I'm guessing. But uh, Jamar, what you got? Okay. So first bad is my blurry camera. So guys, I apologize for that. I'll get it fixed. <laughs> I don't know. I've tried everything. It it still seems blurry to me, or maybe I'm paranoid, but it seems blurry to me. Uh, hey man, the no, people listening all... didn't even know. You just told on yourself, man. Yeah, but you know, I'm a I'm a perfectionist, so I don't like how it looks. So I, if I don't like it, I'm gonna let everybody know I don't like it. Fair but no, for serious. But seriously, for my bad. Okay, I feel like I'm really good at telling if something's before the buzzer or after the buzzer. Yeah. There's plenty of times, like I, I was at the OK, OK, OKC game uh, 
uh, last year where uh, Champagne tipped it in at the buzzer and, it did, and right. I was at the game and everybody was cheering and I'm like, guys, I, I don't think this counted. And it didn't yeah. count. And I just, I can tell those things in real time. And I'm not a ref. So <laughs> why the hell? I don't understand. That Caleb Martin three was easily after the buzzer, easily after the buzzer. And I was just like, okay, they're not going to count this. And then they counted. And I'm like, okay, yeah. they're going to review this. And then they didn't review it. And then I heard that, oh yeah, the nurse was angry about it, and the ref told him, yeah, that was that was before the buzzer. I was like, wow, three of you guys on the court to like, you know, judge these type of things, and none of you guys caught that, and it can't even be reviewed. So we're just gonna give them three points for free. I mean, that could have really mattered down the stretch. So you know, the refs playing the uh, freaking uh, uh, what's the what's the movie? Blindfold. Uh, uh, Boat, the kids, the demons thing. When you know, with Bird Box, that's it. There you go. <laughs> you got <laughs> you, there. You were not going to help me. I me. was not. I had no idea at all. But yeah, yeah. Uh. But no, they're doing their they're doing their best Bird Box challenge yesterday because I don't know how the hell that Caleb Martin three was allowed and not reviewed. Like that. Was, I just that was, how that is that was, not reviewable? No, no, is the thing. Yeah, I, you can tell that in real time. And then when everybody saw the replays, like. Ball, what? So he's not even like in the freaking follow through motion yet. The ball is just yeah. plainly in his hands. It's like wow, and yeah. you guys were that adamant that counted. So no refs, you get my bad. Ref, you suck. Ref, you suck. Chance. There you <laughs> if you can review a three and, and you know turn it to a two or vice versa, there's no reason why you can't review a shot clock violation. Like that's that's totally well. Normally they do review things like that, but for yeah. whatever reason they were so sure the call was right they didn't review Stupid. this one because you see yeah. that all the time where you know it's like a shot goes in and they'll, they'll signal that they're they're going to review that one later on yeah. during like a, a timeout or whatnot, and then you'll see the score change if so be it. So it's just like why not review this one, especially if yeah. nurse is going off about it. For sure. Very silly. And also spoiled an incredibly beautiful Scotty Barnes closeout block of a three. It's like exactly. highlight trutherism. Uh, it's like someone calling back a dunk for a travel. Gross. Uh, my bad is uh, playing against Kyle Lowry kind of sucks, man. Uh, he's, he's a cheeky one, isn't he? Um, well, like, yeah, it, it, it's literally and figuratively. He's very cheeky. Uh, he... Yeah, it, it, it's, I mean, I love it, and I, I have to catch myself when I see, like, he tries to, you know, he does, like, the hand in the cookie jar, I think he got Delano Banton on one of those last night, and it's like, that's not basketball, oh, it's Kyle, it's fine, uh, or he'll, like, yell at the ref, and I'm like, stop yelling at the ref, oh, it's Kyle, it's fine, it, it's like having to condition myself to accept that the Kyle-ness of Kyle is going to come through, whether he plays for the team that I like or not, and, uh, yeah, it was, uh, Extremely frustrating, but very fun to see him do Kyle things. I mean, the pull-up three in transition on the very first possession of the game was like, okay, Classic mess me Kyle. up, Kyle. Uh, <laughs> it's it's uh, it's weird seeing it from the other side, but that is my bad, is having to play against Kyle Lowry. It's miserable. Oh, He's Fred, very good. <laughs> yeah, Fred, Fred, Fred talked about that a little bit afterwards, too. He's yeah. like, you know... First, he said that there's nothing that, that Kyle can do to bother him, but mm -hmm. he is annoying when he's tricking the rest. He's like, oh, yeah. 
it's like as long as as long as you know Kyle's not tricking the refs, it will be okay. But yeah, Kyle was you know he's tricking the refs, and the refs were, as I mentioned in my bad, the refs were not totally on their game last night. So yeah, they could have been easily tricked. So you know, Kyle's, Kyle's normally really good at that. And yeah, it's like one of those things where it's like you love it when it's on your team, but now now it's kind of like. Eh. Oh, yeah. yeah. No, it's uh, like yeah. I think they should outlaw the charge now that Kyle doesn't play for the team that I like. <laughs> uh, that's a bad, dangerous rule. It's not basketball. Uh, <laughs> let's get to the hmm to close this out. I am going to uh, pat myself on the back a little bit yesterday or for the thing I said a couple days ago where I yeah. said the Raptors should be closing games with Chris Boucher more. They closed the game with Chris Boucher last night, and it was pretty good. Uh, he, he's very good at finishing off plays. Obviously, his length on defense is disruptive. He sometimes makes boneheaded plays that make Fred Van Vliet very mad. But for the most part, pretty good stuff. And I don't know if it'll continue after they're fully healthy, of course. But certainly like to see uh, Boucher get the call to close this one. And hopefully, it's the sign of Nick Nurse maybe trusting him in those late game moments a little bit more than we've seen in the past. Uh, So yeah, I'm just going to, you know, congratulate myself. Jamar, what's your hmm from this game? Uh, we already mentioned, touched on it a little bit. Uh, there was two possessions in the first quarter where, like, Fred found Coloco uh, on a beautiful alley-oop. And I just mm-hmm. uh, I am loving these these plays to set up lobs because they have guys that can finish them, whether it be a Coloco, an OG, guys like that. And it's yep. just I want to see more of them. And it's just something we haven't really seen in a in a in a few years since you know a uh, Kyle and Demar used to like have this thing where they would uh, go down court and guys would just not know and they would you know Demar would slip for an alley oop, but yeah it's just something that hasn't been in the Raptors offense for a while. Like any team, yeah you could do this in transition on a break, but to to, to find those easy baskets in the half court for a team that traditionally struggles in the half court. I, I just want to see more ways they can do that, especially with Coloco. And Fred's been a fan of this since he's gotten here, the one five, you know, role to 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 find the lot. So, you know, the more comfortable they get with that, the better. And, you know, it looked really good. I think I think Fred was three for three on his lobs. And, you know, Fred's had his issue throwing lobs, especially if it's him and uh, Precious Chew on the other end. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, he's had his issue throwing lobs. So to see, you know, each one of them convert, no turnovers in that sense, you know, build some chemistry and some familiarity with that. And they've been doing that a little bit over the last, you know, over the, the course of the season. And I just want to see more of it. So, yeah, that's my home. Yeah, man. The uh, the extra four inches of target space that Christian Coloco provides is uh, really pretty helpful. Yeah. Um, but yeah, man, I talked about it. Their team dunk. They dunk a lot. I, I, we have to look up. We don't have another break for you to look up dunk stats, so we'll have to do this another time because we're running long on time here. But uh, I'm curious to see where the Raptors rank as of right now in terms of total dunks on the season because it's got to be pretty high because it seems like they dunk everything. Either way... Yeah. This was a slam dunk episode, Jamar. Thanks so much for coming on the <laughs> show, dealing with my terrible podcast hosting. Uh, anything you would like to promote for the good people out there? Yeah, my Twitter link uh, below, or if you're listening, it's Jamar, J-A-M-A-R-B-H. I have a link to my Raptors Republic stuff. I just wrote a lengthy recap on this game that has just been up there for a couple hours now. So, you know, a, a lot of keys to winning this game. You have a lot of quotes on there. Uh, 
You have that Alvin Williams clip if you're interested. I got it for you. Um, and just all the guys at Raptors Republic, really, because, you know, there's a lot of, you know, uh, unique insight that we have on there. Um, uh, we have the, the paywall going for even more deeper insight. That's uh, $6 a month. So, you know, a lot of things that, you know, you can learn about the Raptors. There's a lot of stuff on Raptors Republic, whether it be me, Lewis, uh, Samson, a lot of guys. So, you know, just shout out to everybody there. Yeah, Raptors Republic, uh, fantastic stuff. My sworn enemies across the board, but uh, rooting hard <laughs> for all of you guys. You know, go support Raptors Republic, support independent journalism, and support the wonderful work that all of you guys are doing over there at rr with that we will round out the show thank you so much for tuning in today and we'll be back again tomorrow i'm up in the air between whether it's going to be a guest episode or a mailbag episode so keep an eye out i might have put out a prompt for some questions later on if you have any questions that you want me to answer either tomorrow or sometime soon you can always drop them in the comments as well uh just sort of label the mailbag question and i can uh, put that in my little mailbag and get to them later on Either way, thank you so much for tuning in. Please support the show by subscribing, rating, reviewing on your favorite podcast apps and on YouTube. Go make your second listen of the day. Locked on Leafs as our pals Mike and Dave over there are breaking down the Leafs, who are fine. They're number two in their division. They're on like a 100-point pace again. Who would have thunk the, the Leafs were going to be fine? Either way, go check them out. They're doing a great job over there, and we will round it out there. We'll talk to you again Friday with another episode of Locked on Raptors. Bye-bye. Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.